Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Amen. I know uh, we have relatives visiting so uh, one of the things we'd like for all the moms, all the moms who are visiting today, if you could stand up. We have moms in town. We have mom- Thank you so much for being a part of our worship service. You may be seated. We greatly appreciate you being here and a part of what we are doing today. Now, I have a question for you, my very first question. And uh, my wife did an amazing job last week. She did an amazing job last week. And um, I want to know, what did you learn from last week's sermon? What did you learn from, missed it. Okay, well, it it is online, so you can go back. Uh, It's on YouTube. Good morning. Not quite what I was looking for. Okay, God is still at work, even though... He's not mentioned in the book of Esther, okay? Have a spiritual mentor to guide you in your journey, okay? The value of obedience when you think God is not present. First sermon, okay? God provides opportunity. Kairos and baddies, all right. All right, Kairos and baddies. All right, Kairos. God moves underneath the surface, okay? When God is silent, he is not absent, influence. Okay, okay, God is always going before me. God uses ordinary to do extraordinary. God is in the details. We can say amen to that. God is in, silence does not mean God is not hearing or answering. You know what? I want to tell this church amen. Amen, that we we took the time out to think, and um, you did a tremendous job last week. It's pretty evident. Because people remembered. You did an amazing job. And you know, what I, what I um, took away from the sermon, the Esther we met at the beginning of the story was not the same Esther at the end of the story. So what is beautiful about studying the Bible, that is called a character study. If you're young in the faith, A great way to learn your Bible is to choose a biblical character and look at how God is working in his or her life. And then you look at it and say, okay, if God worked that way in their lives, how can he work in my life? And it is a great way to grow spiritually. So what we're going to talk about today, the importance of spiritual growth. The importance of of spiritual growth. Uh, you put up the next slide there. You know, the other night, we were fortunate, and uh, we got to go to a Hawks game, and, you know, one of the brothers gave us some great tickets, and we were hanging out there, and, you know, work with me, my Gen Zers. You know, we as mature people are still learning this whole thing with selfies. So we're there, and we're trying to do a selfie, and somebody felt bad for us. Do you want me just to take the picture? said, sure, take the picture. And I know you're like, that's easy to do. But today we're going to do a spiritual selfie. Today we're going to evaluate where we are spiritually, how we are doing spiritually. In essence, 
uh, we're going to take a spiritual assessment. Now, normally during this time of the year, we start on our jobs, we get evaluations, or, you know, we just evaluate life. And then we go into the new year and we make resolutions and we decide what we want to do, what we want to accomplish. And, and something I learned a long time ago, and, and I want you to remember this, especially if you're young in the faith. If you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. If you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. Spiritual development, spiritual growth doesn't just happen because you walk in the church doors. It has to be deliberate. It has to be something that we decide we want to engage in. And spiritual assessments are quite biblical. If we look over in 1 Peter, if we look over in 1 Peter, there's some scriptures here I want to go through with us. I'm sorry, what's 2 Peter? I got my wrong scriptures in my notes. That's why it's good to have friends. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. His divine power has given us everything we need. His divine power, we're going to break this down, is the resurrection. Jesus got out of the grave. He left the grave. If Jesus had stayed in the grave, he would have been a good teacher. If Jesus had stayed in the grave, he would have been a philosopher. If Jesus had stayed in the grave, he would have been another religious leader. He got out of the grave. The resurrection is what separates Jesus from every other religious figure that man has tried to worship. Now that says because of the resurrection, he has given us everything we need for a godly life. Godly, that means different lifestyle, set apart lifestyle through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So when you study out the scriptures, Jesus said, I am leaving, but I don't want you to be discouraged because I have to go. I have to go back to the Father. Because if I don't go, then the comforter cannot come. The Holy Spirit cannot come. A promise from God is that once we repent and once we get baptized, a part of something divine comes to live inside of us. Amen. It is known, he is known as the Holy Spirit. A great and precious promise from God. So that through them you may participate in divine nature. Once we receive the Holy Spirit, then we have salvation. We escape the punishment, the wrath of God. We escape the chaos that we could have walked into if we did not have salvation. See, we're getting ready to do baptism Sunday, but I want you to understand baptism is the first step. Are you all with me there, church? B baptism is necessary. 
sins are forgiven, but that is like entry into this relationship we have with God. So once we are baptized, once we do have salvation, once we do have the Holy Spirit, how is the Holy Spirit being a manifest in our daily lives? And that's what we're going to evaluate. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because according to the scriptures, there is divine power. Not that, okay, I'm a church member. Baptism is not for church membership. Baptism is not so we can feel better about ourselves. Baptism is saying, you know what? I want Jesus to be with me. Walk with me. I want us to be together. And if we're going to be with Jesus, then we've got to think about what was Jesus doing while he was here. What was his focus? What was his purpose? Let's go to the next scripture here. In um, verse 5, for this very reason, show at the church once a week. Occasionally read your Bible. Well, say, I tried, but you know, I, I couldn't stay out of sin. For this very reason, make every effort. Hold on, hold on, preacher. We're saved by grace, uh-huh, because none of us deserve salvation. It's a gift of God. But, you know, God has given us this divine and precious gift, and he says, you know what, I'm giving this to you for a reason. Guys, it, we are here for a reason. If, if, if God didn't have a purpose for us after baptism, we would evaporate on up to heaven. Why stay on this earth if we're already saved? Purpose. So, we make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I didn't write this in my note, but true discipleship, if you're not going to give it your all, it, don't do it. It's too much sacrifice to be lukewarm. If you're not going to give it your all, don't do it. Hey, this, this, is a, this is serious here. For this very reason, make every effort. Now, individually, it's our responsibility to grow spiritually. Well, my preacher. No, no, no. What is this? No, no, no. Well, my church. No, no, no. We all have a Bible, amen? amen. We got paper Bibles. We got Bibles in our phones. We got the scripture of the day. The one thing about it, you can, if you want the word of God, you can find it. But the goal is not just having access, it's putting it into practice. So for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And this would be really good to study out individually. What does it mean, goodness? 
knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection. What does that mean? And that's why I want to give us some scriptures because we're going to wrestle with these scriptures for the next few weeks, especially as we get prepared to go into a new year. Because it says in verse 8, it's like an if-then clause. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. You ever feel like, I'm not that productive as a Christian or something's off with my relationship with God? Anyone ever feel that before? See, yeah, yeah, we all go through that. We all go through that. But you know what? Just because we feel that doesn't mean we have to stay there. All right, let's go to the next set of scriptures. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, here Peter says it again, make every effort. Let's say that together. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. What is that talking about? You won't stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I believe one of the reasons we come to church, one of the reasons we keep coming out on cold mornings or on hot days or when we'd rather just be home in bed is because we really do want to have a relationship with God and spend eternity with God. At least I do. I'm looking forward to heaven. And I'm looking forward to family and friends being with me for eternity with God. So let's go to the next slide here. I have grown spiritually in the areas of this year. Think about 2023. Since January, we're almost in December. How have you grown spiritually? What pr prayer? Praise God. I like that humility. Humility is about to be tested. I like that. Serving. Perseverance. Okay, so the way Mentimeter works, the bigger the word is, that means more people are saying that. So, uh-oh, patience now. Patience, prayer, perseverance. Those are all very godly and needed characteristics. Hospitality, friendship, surrender, kindness, thanksgiving, discernment, studying, consistency, self-awareness, communication. Okay, somebody says nothing. Okay, that's honest. You can work with that. Better consistency, fasting, lordship. These are really good. Really, really good. And, and um, let's say amen, church, because... You know, uh, sometimes people go to church their whole lives and nothing changes. Nothing changes in their life. And sometimes the greatest hindrance to new, new people wanting to know God is us. Because they don't see Christ-like qualities. All these attributes up here basically are Christ-like qualities. Holding my tongue. That, that, amen. 
this is a good exercise to practice because I think so many times we don't reflect on how God has worked in our lives. We're too busy looking for the next thing and not taking time to celebrate in a healthy way. I've grown. I'm developing spiritually. You know, one of the areas that I have been working on in, in my own life is the area of gratitude. Gratitude. And for us as older Christians, I think it's very important for us to take moments to express gratitude for the spiritual experiences, insights, and lessons that we have learned. Because it's so easy when you've been in the faith for a while to just coast. And then, as we coast spiritually, something called entitlement sets in. And there is an expectation for what God should be doing in our lives. Gratitude. How are we doing practicing gratitude? You know, this song that um, I listen to periodically, I think it is a great reminder. I thank you for it all. The good, bad, ugly, great, and small. The times of victory and when I fall. I'm so grateful that I'm still standing tall. I thank you for my tears. The pain helped me overcome my fears. You've been good to me down throughout the years. It's a miracle that I'm still standing here. All that I am is because of you, all that you brought me through. Is that the way we feel in our relationship with God? Now, we thank God for the raise. We thank God when we find that special person. We thank God for that nice new house or that new car. But do we thank God for the bad, the ugly? We thank God for the big things. What about just the little things? The good, bad, the ugly, great, and small, the time. What about victory and when we fall? How can we thank God for when we fall? Why thank God for when we mess up? Because according to Titus, it's the grace of God that teaches us to say no. Young Christians, sometimes in your walk with God, you're going to mess up. And this is what I want you to do. Get up, ask God to forgive you, and keep going. It's okay. It's called repentance. It's called forgiveness. I can't believe I did such and such. God can. That's why he invented repentance. I can't believe I said such and such. I can't, I can't. Listen, we're humans. We're people. People do things that people do. And that we just make a mess. That's what we do as people. We just make a mess. But God has already put safeguards in place for us to be all right. I have grown in my gratitude. Amen. Now, some say not really, and that's honest, and that's okay, but I'm just telling you now, if you're going to be here for a lifetime, your Christianity has got to be covered in gratitude. Gratitude. You, you just got to look for reasons to rejoice. 
Look for reasons to be thankful. And some days, I'll be honest with you, some days are harder than others. Ain't that right, mature Christians? Some days are harder than others. But that's called, the, that's called life. Who said it was going to be easy? Who said it was going to be simple? It's called life. We just go through it. You know, I'm grateful because my mother is here with me today. And I want to say thank you because you raised 10 of us. Well, 11, including my niece. You raised us. You taught us about God. and You always loved us. I want to say thank you. I appreciate it. And that's what we do. We say thank you. Too many times we're making a list of what didn't. I, I got to break it down to you. We become the Oprah generation. It was bad. I know y'all love Oprah, but I saw that social shift when, because you know, before people just lived life. Life was hard for everybody. Everybody was struggling. Everybody. Everybody's family was dysfunctional. It just was a part of life. But then it was on TV, and then these people get on and say, you won't believe what happened. Oh, really? Tell me more. And, and now everybody, you don't believe how hard my life is, and this, and this, and this, and my parents owe me this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it's like, listen, listen, once you're grown, you're on your own. That may hurt some of y'all feelings. But that's just some things you got to figure out. <laughs> There's some things you got to let go. And now it's your turn. It's your turn. I believe people do the best they can. Now, and in some situations, people just don't. They work with what they got. But I believe most people try to do the best they can. And I think what we got to do as Christians, once we understand our relationship with God, we got to make sure that, you know, Jesus talked about this. Gratitude is important to him. Because there was one occasion in the Gospels, Jesus healed ten lepers. Only one came back to say thank you. And what did Jesus say? Oh, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate you taking the time to say, thank you, Jesus, what other nine? What other nine? Weren't all ten healed? Only one came back to say, thank you? Why did Jesus emphasize that? Because gratitude was important to him. And gratitude really is a safeguard for our hearts because Hebrews 13, 5 says, God made a promise, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And like I say, gratitude is good for us. I'm grateful. Like I said, thank you, Mom. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful. Thank you. I'm grateful for my beautiful wife who supports me, who loves this church. Boy, she works overtime for y'all. She loves this church. I'm grateful for my daughter who stands right by my side. You know, one thing about Alexis Blackman, you can't mess with me. I mean, that's my bodyguard right there. You can't, you can't mess with me. You can't mess with me. That girl, mm -mm. 
grateful for my son. He's maturing. He's growing up. Understanding life. And I took the time out to reach out to guys who trained me for the ministry. Um, back in 1990, we were living in New York City. People taught us. I didn't know how to do this. People taught us. People taught us how to do this job. And I said, you know what? At least I can just say thank you. Because they didn't have to do it. When is the last time you thanked the person who studied the Bible with you? When was the last time? When was the last time you thanked one of your preachers? Let's just say thank you. Because one thing I learned, and this is just my thing now, because, you know, I've been doing this a long time. It's, it, it, it fascinates me how everybody can lead the church. Every, oh, come here. I know what the church needs. Okay, thank you for that. I know what the <laughs> When Angel gets back here, you are forgiven. And we've all been guilty of it. It's okay. We've all been guilty of it. One thing I noticed about me, I'm at this place now. I'm at a place of grace. It's okay. I mean, hey, we, we mess up. We, we, we have bad days. We have bad. It's okay. It's okay. When Angel gets back here, can you tell the brother thank you? How much you appreciate? Christina, say, just say thank you. I mean, those who are getting ready to go to Sandy Springs with Ed, it's not like what you're doing, Ed. Where you going, Ed? You know where he's going. He's going to Sandy Springs. Just say, thank you for taking on this mantle of leadership here. Because everybody's happier when there's a spirit of gratitude. Amen? Wow, that was a weak amen, but that's okay. Amen. What's the next slide there? Okay, how did you support your mission group in helping someone find Jesus? Uh, for those who are visiting with us today, uh, we've asked all the members of the church to be a part of a small group, a mission group. Why? Jesus came to this planet, the Son of God, and yet he invested his time into 12 unschooled, ordinary men, and he had a group of women with him. Jesus did not do ministry by himself. He had a group. He did small groups. Jesus ministered, of course, to individuals. But then when it was time to withdraw, he would take Peter, James, and John, small group. He worked in groups. We just studied the book of Acts, and everybody talks about the apostle Paul, how Paul was so amazing. Paul did not do that by himself. He had relationships. He had a group. Christianity is a community faith. In America, it's my relationship with God, my personal salvation. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. It was always supposed to be lived out in a group. Well, what do you mean? There's so many one another relationships. You can pray by yourself. You can uh, read your Bible by yourself. But, and I guess some of us do encourage ourselves, but practicing one another relationships. That's what it's like. It's important because we're more like Christ when we learn to practice those relationships. Okay, how are we doing here? Participating in Bible studies, using my influence for the greater good. I like that. Praying and encouraging 
How does a new interested member even join a mission group? I love questions. See me afterwards. We'll get you in a group. I did studies. I invited people to church, virtual meetings, using my influence. Any others? I didn't. Thank you for your honesty. Shared a little bit of wisdom. Okay. Shared a little bit of wisdom. When you get to the book of Revelation, and there's this great turbulence at the end, and this chaos at the end. And then they say, well, here's a group of people. How did they make it? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's how you make it through. The great tribulation. The word, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. It says they didn't love their lives so much to shrink back from death. You know, just, just do the best you can. What does God expect? Just do the best you can. That's all. That's all. And I love that. Uh, sharing the little bit of wisdom and experience as studying the Bible, others being present, giving to others each week, hospitality, love, encouragement, and consistently. Uh, scroll back down. Studying the Bible with others, being present, giving to others each week, hospitality, love, and encouragement. That person, please see me after church. See me after church. Because invited someone to a football party. Amen. That's how you do it. You take all these things that people get excited about in the world and you bring it to, hey, how can we use this to glorify God? Encouraging our leaders and saying thank you. Okay, amen. Somebody was paying attention a few minutes ago. Go ahead. Sharing perspectives, bringing others into the fold, showing up, giving week after week. Whew. That's what it's about. Stop. Is it just showing up? I like that. Giving. It's not just enough to show up. Got to give. Wow, this is good. Spending time with others outside of church. Okay. Amen. Accepted an invitation to be here today. Thank you for accepting the invitation to be here today. CIA group in the house, okay. That's not what you're thinking. It's not that CIA. I'm visiting from Dallas, da, 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 and in my small group, I'm part of the Titus Two Women, where the mature women train and help the young women. And the church said, and the ladies said, we're in an era now. I got two minutes. We're in the era now. It's very difficult for a man to correct a woman, to challenge a woman. And some of y'all feeling nervous that I'm saying that right now. <laughs> some of y'all say, oh, I know I'm going to get it on the way home. What was that preacher talking about? <laughs> no, no, it's, I don't. <laughs> Guys, we're just in the, 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 what we cannot do is allow the culture to influence the church. The church has got to be different. The church has got to be different. And, and I'm saying we all need help. Nobody's perfect. 
Don't sit around criticizing. Why is she dressed like that? Maybe that's all she's got. Have you said, you know what, let me help you out, sister. No, brothers, I don't want you doing that. No, stay in your lane. I don't want brothers trying to take sisters out shopping unless it's your wife. But, you know, let the older women help the younger women so we can all grow. You see the sister trying to raise her children? If she wants help, help her out. Don't criticize. Oh, them kids are so out of control. No. Because really, and you know, just, you know, y'all know I teach history part-time. The only way black people made it as far as we have made it because we worked as a community. Yeah. Yeah. Do not believe that a lot of black people couldn't work together. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for older people, if it wasn't for women, if it wasn't for men. Everybody did just a little bit. <laughs> to create community. So guess what we are now here? We're community. We're community. So what, we, what I, I would like to help us with, and, and this, is a, this is a transformation I've been going through myself. So much of my Bible reading, I have read it, looking at my life, thinking about my life. I need to, you know, do this, this, this. I need to be fruitful. To but really, it's how can I encourage others and let's do this as a group. So you may have noticed you may have noticed, and people ask, are you preaching today? I'm like, no. So-and-so's preaching today. And this person is preaching today. We work as a group. We work as a team because I believe we're stronger working together than one person trying to do it all by themselves. And I want to encourage the mission groups to follow that example and get people together working as a team. Because you can get so much more accomplished when you work as a team. And you know, that's what, that's, that's, the, that's the ministry. That's the Lord's church, people actually loving each other. Any more, were there any more responses? Was that the last one? Okay. Amen, I like that. <laughs> last response, amen. It all has been said. For those who are in a mission group, um, I, I want you to think about partnering with someone in your group to better accomplish the mission. For those who are not yet a part of a mission group, I want you to really pray about it and make a decision. I want to be in a group. I want to be in a group. Because I know how Satan works, and sometimes we say, I have nothing to offer I can't make a difference. They won't miss me. They have all that. It's like everybody makes a difference. And you may, make just, you may make the smallest contribution that can change someone's life for eternity. And that's mind-blowing to me. That we can feel so insignificant, we make the smallest contribution. And someone's life is changed for eternity. You all have heard that old story before about the little boy at the seashore, right? There was a little boy. He went on family vacation, and he went outside, and he walked down to the beach, and he saw all these starfish on the sand, all these starfish. And he started being moved in his heart and picking up one at a time and slinging them into the ocean. 
one at a time, slinging toes. And this adult walked by this man and said, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to help the starfish. I'm putting them back in the ocean. You can't, you can't do that by yourself. Do you really think you're going to make a difference? Look at all these starfish. He picked it up and said, I made a difference for that one. That one's back in the ocean. Even if you just find one little starfish in 2024, one little starfish in 2024 and help that person to get on track to have salvation, eternity with God, you may not speak to thousands. You may not travel all over the world. But if you could be a part of a mission group and pray and say, you know what, let's, let's help somebody. Let, let's, let's see what, oh, you won't make a big difference. You made a big difference in that person's world. One at a time. As we take communion right now, communion is an opportunity for us to think about, reflect on, meditate on our relationship with God, to think about how much Jesus means to us. And you know, what's really convicting about Jesus' life, if one person in all of humanity had decided they wanted to have a relationship with God, Jesus still would have had to die on that cross. There's no other way to God. And Jesus, he sacrificed. And he said, as often as you get together, do this in remembrance of me. Remember my sacrifice. But he just doesn't want us to remember the sacrifice. He wants us to imitate his life. So as we take communion today, I want us to think about areas I can grow in so I can be more like Jesus. Because the goal is just to help as many people, for us to make it, and help people to make it. Let's go to God in prayer. Father and God, we want to thank you so much. Thank you for the bread that represents the body that was broken, dear God, and the fruit of the vine that represents the blood that was shed. And God, we come before you right now. We thank you for Jesus. Because truly it's because of his sacrifice that we're here today. And yet, God, we're not perfect. We're flawed. We mess up. We <clears throat> make mistakes. But for some reason, you still believe in us. And we want to thank you for that grace. And God, we thank you for it all. All that we've been through, dear God. Knowing that you are behind it all. And that ultimately, God, as we persevere, we'll spend eternity with you. We ask these prayers in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.